0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hi, this is Jim Rosenhaus with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to The Fantasy Jester. <laughs>
0: for you, Jim, and this is a jump in the gun, but I'd really like your perspective on this. On a national level, how big do you think a Cubs versus Indians World Series would be?
2: I think the Giants will win. I think the Giants will win. I think the Giants will, uh, I think they're going to lose to Washington. The Giants will lose to Minnesota. Unfortunately, Big Blue, not good. They won't rebound this week either against Green Bay. No, this is the week. Uh, I think uh, we go ahead and uh, get things back on track. I can see them beating Baltimore. No, early game out in London. I don't think the Rams have the firepower. I'm going Giants. In a close one, I really see the – I I think the Giants are going to win this one against the Eagles. Monday night, Giants. I'm taking the Giants over Cincinnati. I think we got this one. (laughs) You know, you can add one more. Uh, To that folks, that was me and so far now you can add one more you can add last week's game in and I am now 10 and oh picking the Giants this this year my team. How's everybody tonight? Welcome to the fantasy jester show. I am he he is I and together we bring you one hell of a show for the next two hours. Free cheeseburger for listening today, folks. Listen in. Free cheeseburger for listening to a podcast. Could that really be real, or is that some kind of silliness on the Jester's part? Stay tuned. We're going to find out. But, yeah, I. Uh, by the time you're done, I promise you, if you listen to what I say, if you do what I say, you'll get a free cheeseburger. If you don't, you don't get a cheeseburger. That's fine with me. I'm going to have a free cheeseburger just about every time. So listen in, I will tell you how Fantasy Justice Show tonight coming to you from D-Land, Florida. Absolutely beautiful night, fall night, 60 degrees. There is, uh, we've got the windows open and you can smell, you know, I'm sorry for those of you uh, that won't understand this. But yes, at 60 degrees, we've got our fireplaces going. So, you know. Just picture the house being open, gorgeous weather, a little smell of the fireplace going, getting ready, just got done. I'm still full from Thanksgiving. I think I set a record. Oh, my Lord. Folks, I hope wherever you're listening, you had a great Thanksgiving, and it is absolutely as beautiful as we get ready now. That's December knocking at the door, folks. Christmas time is coming, and it's a great time of year. No greater time to be listening to the Fantasy Jester Show as we have a bunch going on for you tonight. You know, obviously going to bring in JT. You know, he's on all the podcasts with me. Everywhere I go, you can find him on Twitter, Fez437, F-E-Z437. You can ask him anything you want. Also, he's with me on Wednesday nights, FXE Live, our wrestling show, talks about our wrestling brand, FXE, Florida Extreme Entertainment, and also we talk uh, WWE and that, and if there's any other news in any other dying brand. And then, you know, Thursday nights, we have the Gridiron guys, except if it's Thanksgiving or internet service provider problems, but Thursday nights. Gridiron guys taking you all the way through to week 17. And then that show, that's it. You know, we'll go ahead. We'll put it on the burner until next season. We'll break it out again next year. But once the season is over, so is Gridiron guys. During the playoffs, everything will be handled here, right here for you on the Fantasy Justice Show. All NFL playoff talk will be here. You won't want to go anywhere else as we're going to bring you some really good insider information during those playoffs. We've got people in different areas now that are going to be able to help us with this. We'll talk more about that later. Also, you know, we're brought to you by fantasyjusticesports.com, and you can look forward to all the NFL coverage and the playoff coverage coming from there besides NFL folks, you know, and the gridiron guys on Thursday. You know, like I mentioned, we have our own wrestling brand. And I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to remind you in the middle of the show, hopefully I'll remember with all the craziness to remind you at the end, maybe JT will help remind us too, is that next Saturday's show is not going to happen. If you're looking for the Fantasy Jester show next Saturday night, and and this is, I'm using my rant time to uh, make sure all the Jester listeners that like to listen to us live and we really do appreciate. We have a very nice following, that, you know, that come and listen to us live every week, and we really appreciate that. So, you know, next week we're going to be on location. Uh, FXE Florida Extreme Entertainment has taken on the challenge from Amp Wrestling, and I personally will be in Port Ritchie, Florida, and taking my guys over there to lay the. Smackdown on the Amp guys Really looking forward to that So what we're going to do Is instead of having a Saturday show Next week uh, This coming, you know, a week from today What we're going to do is we're going to have it On Friday This way you still have everything that you need For your weekend And and all our predictions All our fantasy plays You'll still have everything We're not going to leave you hanging folks We wouldn't do that to you All right We'll do it. We'll do it on Friday night. JT and I have both worked our schedule. And you can imagine what a busy schedule right now. You know, I've got, we've got the two websites. We've got three podcasts. I've got to go. I'm going to be on the Everett Lee show later on uh, Tuesday night. I'll be on the Everett Lee show on that podcast. Then Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, my own podcast. And then Saturday night, the show, the wrestling show. So as you can imagine, a little busy. So with that, though, we have made sure JT and my schedule is set so that next Friday, we will be with you live. Same time, same bat time, same bat channel. Okay, folks, for you fans, 8 to 10 o'clock, that's not going to change. But tonight, again, Free cheeseburger for listening, folks. Stay tuned. I will tell you how to go ahead. Get your free cheeseburger. Just is going to teach you a little something. Going to get a free cheeseburger just for listening to my show. All right. What else do we have? Major League Baseball. We're going to talk a little bit about the MVPs. You know, that came out. We, we didn't talk about it with all the excitement of FXE last week. We didn't talk the MVPs. They came out, and, and it's Trout and Bryant. And JT and I have something to say. I personally have something to say about the Bryant pick, and uh, we'll get to that. Wrestling, we're going to talk a little bit about the Survivor Series, okay? And then, we'll, you know, what's going on, But mostly, we want to hit the news. Uh, We've got everything that's going on with FXE. We've had some signings. We've had some articles. We're going to have two call-ins tonight. We're going to have Hound Dog, and we're going to have Renegade. Now, I know he does what he wants to do, but you know what? One of the things that he likes to do, and this is what I can count on, he likes to beat people up, so... When I told him that Hound Dog was going to be on and Hound Dog, you know, really had something to say, it was pretty easy to get Renegade to come on, call in and and get him to be like, you know, well, Renegade, he's not happy. He hears the Hound Dog talking over there uh, from the West Coast and he's not used to, he's not used to that chit chat kind of stuff going on. And uh, so, as soon as I told him there was some chatter going on, uh, he said he'd try and call in. So, we'll see. Again, hopefully he will. NBA talk. Weren't the Spurs supposed to be finished and Pop was supposed to be out of the door? Uh, When Duncan left and all this and everybody's getting old and, you know, guys are leaving the team and and turnover of the guys and, you know, Pop had even said maybe, you know, Duncan leaves, I'm going to leave too, but. You know, they were supposed to be done, and, and wow, hey, look at where the Spurs are today. HL going to talk a little quickly about the LA Kings, and speaking of quick, when he gets back, what will the LA Kings do, and is this the time possibly to start looking at maybe trading him? You got a team that could use some help. We'll talk about that with JT. NFL predictions for both games in the fantasy outlook for all the games. I mean, and your fantasy outlook, I've got a player for you guys that if you've got a uh, dynasty league, got a little space, maybe you could stash somebody away. I know he's available in just about every league, except for the league I play in. We're going to give you him later on football. People stick around, but now, Without any further ado, let's get him in here. My man, my partner, the guy I hate to do any sports. You know, listen, if I'm going to talk sports, there is a short list of people I want to talk sports with. This is one of them, folks, and you should listen to. JT, how are you tonight?
0: Doing great, Jester. I'm uh, we're a week closer to the invasion of AMP. I'm amped up for that. Forgive, uh, forgive the pun there, but... uh Two other things we got to talk about tonight. Like you said, we got the MVP uh, discussion to go. And, uh, you know, something I want to get your take on with the uh, passing of Fidel Castro. I'm curious to hear your opinion later on when we talk baseball about how that affects the uh, influx of all the Cuban talent that we've been seeing over the last few years.
2: Yeah, it should be interesting uh, uh, about what dynamics change just in general about Cuba, but he's pretty much been away and not in control. So I don't know how much is going to change and we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, you mentioned the thing about amp, you know, JT, I don't think that amp or the good people of Port Richie, Florida know what's coming. I I really don't think, I, I really don't think they know what's coming. Folks, my friends out there, Port Richie Wrestling, and I'm going to call you my friends already. If you're a wrestling fan, you're already my friend, okay? Port Richie. I'm telling you, I, I know you're used to wrestling out there, but I'm bringing FXE. I, I'm bringing American Militia. I'm going to bring Renegade. I'm going to bring Joey Cage. I'm going to bring a developmental guy that is just phenomenal. Besides bringing two guys that I can tell you, you haven't seen seven foot three militia. And then the renegade, well, he's just, he, as much as him and I don't like each other, JT, okay, there's a reason why I put up with it. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. He's like T.O. You put up with T.O.'s crap just because he has talent you know, or or any of these other prima donnas in sports. And really, that's what Renegade is. He's a prima donna. And, and, and listen, I've told him this, and, and he knows it. And I paid him dearly. You know, listen, we'll talk about that a little bit more and, and, and get to that. Let's get into Major League Baseball, though. JT, MVPs, did you agree with Trout and Bryant? I know me personally, I didn't agree with Bryant and I don't know. What do you well, have to say? I'll give you my opinion in a minute. All
0: right, well, let me let me take the American League side here. I'm a huge Mike Trout fan, but I do not agree with Mike Trout bringing home that MVP this year. In fact, I had him third in third. my voting. Um, I had uh, Jose Altuve, the second baseman from the Astros, second. But the guy that I think really got robbed was Mookie Betts. You're looking at a guy that batted 318 on the season, 31 homers, 113 driven in, 42 doubles, a gold glove center fielder, silver slugger award bat on a team that made the playoffs. The only numbers that really stood out with Trout over Mookie was the walks. 106, I believe, uh, for Trout versus only 49 for Mookie Betts. But the uh, the rest of the numbers, pretty much across the board, to me, screamed this kid should have got the award. So I was not a fan of uh, Trout getting it this year.
2: The uh, you know it's crazy to think that somebody in Boston got overlooked.
0: Oh, exactly.
2: For a West I just, Coast player, I, I find that the- odd. Yeah, I just find that odd. I, I really do. And you know, you put up a, a, a great argument there, and. You know, uh, I guess because Trout's the po- one of the poster boys of the league, that's that's how he got and, it. And he is,
0: and that's no knock on him. And I know it's happened before: a Rod with the Rangers back in the early two thousands. You know, MVP mm-hmm. winner on a team yeah. that did not make the playoffs or a bad team. So there, there is precedence for it. But generally, that award goes to a guy that leads his team to the playoffs or farther. So Mookie Best
2: would be my choice there. Are you the kind of guy that looks solely at stats? In other words, if I was to give you, say, 11 stats and somebody was better in a majority of them, does that weigh with you or is it how he, you know, how much, how much emphasis? I guess this is what I should ask. How much emphasis? Do you put on the MVP being a guy whose team went to the playoffs?
0: Um, it has some bearing on my decision. I wouldn't say a lot. It's not weighted towards that. For me, I look at how a guy affects the team. How would that team fare without him? I do like the war stat, the wins above replacement, um, mm-hmm. and yeah. as far as the sabermetric side of it go. Uh, but I look at, you know, you take Trout, Away from the Angels this year, and guess what? They still miss the playoffs. You take bets away from the Sox, I say they missed the playoffs. So my point is Trout's the most valuable player, obviously the most valuable player on his team, but it still wasn't enough to get to the dance. So the stats have to be factored into that. I mean, that's a how we gauge uh, a season like this, but I again you take his defense and his bat and the effect he had on the base paths, driving people in. Uh, overall, without Mookie Betts, the Red Sox are not a playoff team.
2: Well, and you know, I think that they really go to that wins above replacement stat. Because in both cases, that's really the main, that that is the, uh, the common denominator. Trout, 10.55 wins against above replacement. Mookie bets 9.55. Now you have Chris Bryant, 7.67. And my guy who I'm going to give you, okay, 6.46. So just <laughs> to take on this. So they both go. But in the other stats, here you go. I have a 24-year-old Chris Bryant, and a 27-year-old non-playoff team. Batting average, Bryant, 292. Okay, I'll just give you that because it's going to be easier. Freddie Freeman, folks. Atlanta Braves, 27 years old. And of the 11 major scoring categories, he had Bryant beat 7 four and of those four two of which can be argued that they are dependent on the team around you and here's my point batting average freeman has them 302 to 292 Uh, doubles freeman has them 43 to 31 triples freeman has them six to five Base on balls 89 freeman has them 89 77 strikeouts Freeman has them 171 to one, uh, 199 slugging percentage 569 to 488 on base percentage 400 to 369 here are the four stats that Chris Bryant holds over Freddie Freeman home runs 39 to 34 pretty damn close there close enough. now here are the yeah, and stolen bases, 8-6. to six.
0: Real close to Again, that's, that's a push.
2: The two stats that I say are dependent on the team that you're playing are RBIs and runs. It is dependent on what the rest of the team is doing around you in those two stats. And even with that, they were close, 102-91, 121-106. 121, 106. 121 uh, runs for Bryant, 106 for Freeman. Uh, and Freeman, I mean, there's no comparison to the offensive team that Brian played on than the, the Atlanta Braves put out there. So, was it just strictly, I mean, are we going to say now the MVP is based on if you get your team to the playoffs and what your war rate is, what your wins above replacement is? Because apparently – you can kick somebody's ass in most of the major offensive categories, and it really doesn't matter if you're Freddie Freeman. Well,
0: I think it goes along long line. of something you said when I mentioned, we talked about Trout earlier, him being the poster boy for baseball. I think you look at Chris Bryant being the poster boy for the Cubs ending the curse, you know, the run uh, run to the World Series. I think it's a, it's a product of that. What have you done for me lately? You know, you look at, like you said, you look at their lineup versus the the Braves, you know, the thing I that I marvel at Freddie Freeman's numbers, there was really no one else in that line that you had to worry about. So why pitch to Freeman? You know, he, he, he went out and got pitches. He didn't get, you know, gifts that, let's be honest, Chris Bryant was getting straight down the middle a lot of times because of the guys he had batting Anthony Rizzo or some of these other cats batting in front of him or behind him. So I would agree with you on that. Actually, I think Bryant's just a product of
2: we won the World Series. Hold on. I got to get up off the floor. You what? I know. I know. I
0: got, I got to say you're right say every again. now and again.
2: Say it again. I love it. <laughs> I love it. when you have to say that? Let me ask okay. you this. Let me ask you this. Oh, my God. If, you, if you were to
0: flip teams and say, Bryant's the Brave this past year, Freddie Freeman was in Chicago, do you think – those numbers would be anywhere near as close as they were in some of those categories because I don't, I don't think Bri- – Bryant Cade, let's be honest, 200 times. That's yeah. a lot of whiffs. That's probably around a third of his at-bats, that guy whiffed. Yeah, you know? it is. So it's just to me, that's a number I don't like. I'd like to see them cut those Ks down because when Trout didn't win it last year, they pointed to his strikeouts. Have to get those strikeouts down. You know, mm-hmm. so to me, Cubs win. We love the Cubs. It's all about the
2: Cubs. Let's give Chris Bryant the award. Yeah, yeah. and uh, like I said, I just – I know if I was the Atlanta Braves, and you won't hear from them on it. You really won't because they're a class organiz- organization, all right? But yeah. if I was the Braves, and I was Braves ownership. See, I guess here's here's the promoter in me, okay? I'm going to scream from the mountaintop, my guy should be the best, my guy is is the best, my guy (laughs) is the best, and I would be putting it out there and pretty much on my own social media, you know. And, again, I guess this is because how I'm going to do it for my guys. I mean, it's real simple. My guys are big, bad, and they are the best. And when you have somebody that can statistically back it, that is a it, it's a tough one to swallow for an organization and for Mr. Freeman himself I'm sure and the Freeman family and Mr. Freeman's mom and you know <laughs> anyway folks switching up gears let's slap it into second gear and let's go wrestling for a little bit we've got WWE and uh some of the news there you know, one of the things that we talked about, JT, the other day uh, about WWE coming out of Survivor Series was it seems like they are possibly heading back to wrestling threesomes. Mm-hmm. You know, the group it of three. Like it, yeah, yeah it, it really seems. And we had come up with a couple of different ones that, you know, um, Looking at possibility of, you know, AJ Styles, obviously, with uh, Gallows and Anderson, okay? I had thrown out there the idea of Rock and Usos doing a couple of programs together. That would be a good threesome. And this is where I would go with it. See, again, I like the idea of going with the little factions, okay? That worked back then. And, And that's something that once you put it together that plays out for so long because there's so many things that you can bounce off of that. So during that time, since since the other show, I I sat and I said, what are the other two? Here's a great one for you. What are the other two? Triple, you know, three groups of three say, or, or three wrestlers that you'd like to see together. That could possibly happen. I came up with this first one: Kurt Angle, and American Alpha.
0: Yeah, kind of a play off the old Shelton Benjamin. Uh, and I can't think of his name now. Forgive me on that top of my head. The but, other guy that him and Benjamin ran with.
2: Yeah. Well, Benjamin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The the idea was Angle Benjamin. Okay, so put angle with American Alpha. I'd like to see that, but here I've got a good one, uh, and better than that. I'm gonna, make, okay. I'm gonna make people. I'm gonna make people cringe with this one, but hear me out. Think of this. How entertaining would this be if you brought and you had Enzo, Cass. And you brought Hulk with Enzo and Cass and you could bring Jimmy Hart as their manager and have Jimmy Hart and Enzo on the mic at the same time. Could you imagine those two working together?
0: Well, yeah. Would there be enough oxygen in the building if you get those two going at the same
2: time? That would be magical. That would be magical. Yeah. So now you've got two big guys and okay. little Enzo, okay? Uh-huh. You got two big guys, Little Enzo makes a nice tag team, okay? You got your superstar there in-, in Hulk bringing up these guys, getting to, you know, work program with Cass so that, you know, now they really look big. Now you're helping Cass look even bigger, okay? Then on top of it, like I said, the ability and the fun that you could have with Enzo and Jimmy Hart back and forth on the mic—that is something I would I would pay to see Jimmy Hart and Enzo work a program together. Just I I think that would be just phenomenal. I don't know, maybe I'm an idiot. Uh, I just like so. Well, stuff no, like that. no,
0: well, I mean, there's no maybe there. I mean, let's let's get that out in the open. But I love your first. Thank thing. you for confirming. I see it. Yeah, hey, I'm here. Help me help you, you know? I always say that to you. So I like your first one. Angle, you know, the Olympic champion with two guys that, let's just be honest, are Olympic champions. I like that. I see the symmetry there. I see their styles mixing. I think the unfortunate thing for Hogan and why he's fizzled out, um, aside from the occasional sex tape or racial slur, you know, that being set aside, I think the reason that he fizzled that out and he's made his comeback, is I don't think people buy the whole wholesome all-American Hulk Hogan after the NWO turn way back at Bash at the Beach. I think he plays better now as a heel.
2: Yeah, that's fine. So why why not turn uh, Enzo and Cass? I think Enzo and
0: Cass are just so far over as face characters, baby face characters at this point. That's you got a better chance of turning John Cena heel at this stage.
2: Nah, I think Enzo and Cass... Could you imagine if Enzo and Cass turned bad? People, listen, the only reason why people put up with Enzo now is because he's funny, but for the most part, I know a good portion of the wrestling community that when he first came out thought he was an annoying twit. People have grown to like Enzo. Enzo wasn't well, you know... he rubbed a lot of people wrong because they just don't get it. And if you're not they from the northeast, right. yeah, if you're not from the northeast, you really uh, a majority of the people just don't like that character. So I think a, a heel will, would be a lot easier than than you would think. I
0: will admit, I found him a lot more funny and a lot more uh, palatable last week with that skit that he did backstage. That was funny. It didn't seem forced. It didn't seem rehearsed. It just seemed like that guy just being himself. Whereas when he comes out down the ramp doing his whole certified G, blah, 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 blah. It just feels so stale to me. So I got to admit, the backstage thing was funny.
2: Needed that. First, they needed that little twist with them. Yeah, because exactly what you're saying. They needed to throw something different in there. And and like I said, on uh, on the show on Wednesday, on the FXC Live show on Wednesday, our wrestling podcast. I had mentioned that that was probably one of the best promos that WWE has done all year and then turned it into the match beautifully, exactly how it's supposed to be done and work nicely. You know, one of the things about promos and we're going to get into it now, I guess a little bit with FXE. And I've got a couple of the guys on the line that want to talk as well. You know, we're talking about the promos and what's going on folks. Fantasy jestersports.com right now is covering the FXE world for you. The other site is almost done. We're, we're getting that all up and running. And we'll be making that announcement on Friday, just in time for next Saturday. Folks, next Saturday, December 3rd, is the Christmas Bash in Port Ritchie, Florida. And I'm gonna tell you right now, amp is amp is amped for this. They are they are very pumped. JT, I've talked to a couple of the guys now, very excited crew. And right, that, well, if there that's anything, Nice. If they're go ahead. If they're
0: anything like Hound Dog, I mean, that's the only one I've really got a chance to to converse with at this point. But if they're anything like Hound Dog, I got I love their energy. They bring a nice energy, just electricity. And passion to it. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. That's what FXE's is all about as well. It's about the passion and the energy they're going to bring to these shows. So that's what's got me going.
2: Well, that's one of the things. And this is what's going to be, thing. you know, that main event, folks, is going to be the Puerto Rican Hound Dog versus Renegade. And I'm going to tell you right now, you know, while, listen, obviously, I, I picked Renegade from the start. I really, as soon as I had the chance to be able to get him on our squad, okay, wanted him immediately. You know, Hound Dog is also one of those guys that if we go ahead, I want to see what he can do. I want to see what he can do with a Renegade, with a guy like Renegade. If he can hang, I think he might be, you know, a guy that we can go ahead and get in here at FXE on a regular basis. Uh, And there's a couple other guys, and that's what this is all about, folks. We've got the Christmas Bash, and matter of fact, on the line, we're going to bring him in in a minute, is uh, we've got Hound Dog on the line, and uh, we're going to bring him in in a minute. But, again, you know, we've got this going on, and there's a couple of matches that are going to be going on, folks, okay? you got Troy Hollywood, okay, Mm -hmm. against James Morrison. you got Rome versus Taino, and then you got Nick Nero, and Mason Price, these guys here, JT, are guys that I want to see what they're about. I want to see what they're doing in the ring and possibly, you know, what kind of interest I may or may not have in them in future FXE events. So I'm looking at uh, Hollywood. I, mm-hmm. like, I like some of his work. All right. Roman, tell you, that, that let me tell you something. That second match is going to be a hell of a match. Roman uh Taino is going to be uh, two big boys but uh No, I'm interested. Like you said, Hound Dog, really I like his work in the ring. I want to see what he can do when we get him against the Renegade. Let's get him on here, folks. Let's get let's yeah. let's get him on the line. Let's see how he's doing. Puerto Rican Hound Dog, you're on the air with Fantasy Justice. How are you tonight, sir? Hello. It's a little
0: more quiet
2: than usual. A little less hound doggy. All right. Let's, uh, let's try it again. Hound dog. Are you there? And it looks like we've lost a hound dog. One of the guys that Love we my didn't Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. It happens, and uh, I don't know. You know, hey, listen. We're in the era. Here's one of the things. And listen, anybody who has a... Cell phone understands that happens. The calls drop. There's nothing you can do. I mean, uh, the best cell phone in the world, and I happen to have a very good cell phone. Every once in a while, it happens. What we can do then is because he's on the line, and I guess he's on the line because he's heard what Hound Dog had to say. <sighs> I hate to do this, JT. You ready?
0: No, bring him in. Bring him in.
2: All right. <sighs> Renegade. What's up man? How you doing? Hey, what's up with you, Chester? Getting ready for this match, man. You know, I hear really, a lot of going on. I hear uh, Wait, wait, let me tell Coast... you something
1: right now. Hey, this is my time and my time to talk. I did not call in to talk to you, and I did not call in to talk to that snot-nosed kid, JT. I'm here to talk about the Puerto Rican Chihuahua. Understand he's not on the line, because he know I'm here, and let me tell you something, the Puerto Rican Chihuahua, Saturday night in New Puerto Ricky, you better have the A game, because you're going to need it.
2: And you know what? Just so happens that as you were talking about the uh, Puerto Rican, it's Hound Dog, it's Hound Dog. Uh, Puerto Chihuahua. Rican Hound Dog. Get it right. No, all right, I'll let you solve that with him. I'm going to call him the Hound Dog, and Hound Dog, are you there this time now, sir? Yes, you finally, uh,
3: your machine or
2: whatever you're using, finally remembered
3: the, now the, the professional wrestlers on here. Uh, but, you know, something, I'm hearing what Mr. Renegade has to say. Uh, you know, since the anarchy finished already, so why don't you get back on your little bike, because we know you don't ride a motorcycle, you ride a <laughs> tricycle, and go back home. You want to come to Newport Ritchie to the big dog's house? Come on, bro, we can play. I got nothing for respect for anyone who trained under a Malenko, but trust me, by the end of the night, I'm going to
1: kick your head off. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're mad enough to kick my head off. Let me tell you something. You better get in the gym. You better work out because the only exercise you do is lifting Big Macs at McDonald's every day.
3: (laughs) You know, that's a good kickback all the time. I have some McDonald's. But why don't I leave the kids' meals for you, and I'll go to a place like, I don't know, a nice, beautiful restaurant, and I'll get the filet mignon while you eat chicken nuggets. Hey, we don't call uh, the you know. Waffle House a fancy restaurant. Oh no, no you, uh, you, uh, want the you go to Waffle, Waffle House. I go Waffle House. I hear they got good chicken for you,
1: bro. I go to places that like, grill fish up
3: buddy.
1: Shoot, let me go first. I go to Applebee's before I, I hope, go to your house. I hope, I hope you don't bring no fleas with you, and I hope we don't need no pee pads all over the rain, because I hope your potty train and I hope you've been her.
3: You know, I will say this. My wife constantly says how well she trained me. But even though my wife trained me, there's only one training that matters. On December the 3rd, it's the whooping you're going to get in that ring, boy. Yeah,
1: right, let a, me tell you something. Right. I hope all you friends in Newport Richers come down Saturday night because I'm going to take a newspaper and roll it up and beat you like a dog you are.
2: You know, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to put both of these guys on hold, JT. You know, guys, listen, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, they have both been – I'm going to bring them both on one at a time just real quick, okay, to get one last word in. You know, JT, they are both wow. – And this is one thing – yeah. One of the things that has been good about this is, uh sitting in my seat. Sitting in my seat, you get to see exactly who – Really likes and em- and embraces the rivalries, okay. Right. I've talked right. to you know I've been talking to a couple of different guys and why they're not on the show is because they're like yeah all right yeah you know all right I'll I'll do what I can and all that. Now both these now, guys. Now I, I gotta throw I gotta throw something out there at you real
0: quick. Now wait I gotta stop you right there. You didn't yeah. tell me that Renegade had like supernatural powers when he called me a snotty nosed kid. How did he know I had a cold? I mean, how did he know that?
2: Uh, that's scary, man. He's got
0: some supernatural ability.
2: That's uh, that's probably one of the nicest things he said about you, too. I hate to tell you, but it
0: really is. We'll go-
2: I appreciate it, the it, kid part. <laughs> what we'll do is, I'm going to bring in uh, Hound Dog real quick. It, it's over at his show. I'm going to give him something to say, and then I'll let one of my guys. I'll let Renegade have the last word, and then the next time you'll hear from them, folks. December the 3rd, Port Ritchie, Florida. Hound Dog, what do you have to say to the crowd? What do you have to say to the good people of Port Ritchie, Florida, or the Renegade, or both?
0: Both.
3: You know, people
2: forget that, that guys who trained under the Milenko
3: uh, trained to one of the best in this business. The problem is that people forget that even though you might have trained with the best, doesn't necessarily mean that you cut the mustard, as they say. See, I went for Puerto Rico when people used to tell me I couldn't hang. People used to say I couldn't even make it out the, to the first, my first match. And this is what I've done time and time again It's proved people why I am one of the best professional wrestlers, not just in the Puerto Rico and New York and here in Florida, but pretty much the world. My abilities are great. And everywhere I've gone, I've become champion. I said this once, and I said it again. Bro, sometimes people who are given the silver spoons don't deserve it. And guess what? Nothing was given to me. I earned it. And the people in Newport Ritchie and Port Ritchie and Hutchin and Spring Hill, Orlando, Miami, everyone see the best of me, and they see the worst. But at the end of the day, in my yard, my new hometown of Port Ritchie, Florida, Renegade. Usually they say I'm gonna leave with my tail between my legs, brother. You're gonna leave with your bike between your legs and crying like the baby that you are. Do so you uh-huh. guys have a good night? To so the rest of the fans uh-huh. who come December, 4th, you're gonna see the best of the Puerto Rican hound dog.
2: And we're looking forward to it, hound dog. We are looking forward yeah. to it. We, I, I you know, uh, for all the talking, real quick, I, I. Appreciate the invitation and uh, we're looking forward to this December 3rd for Richie, Florida folks. That was the Puerto Rican hound dog. And really he he's a good guy, great wrestler. uh, But I really think he doesn't know what he's in for. And that is simply because he's going to face the one only renegade. And I'm going to bring him back on the line Right now, let's bring him in. Renegade, one last thing, my brother. Uh, what do you got? You heard what the Hound Dog had to say. Uh, I, I'd i like to hear what you have to say about him or or to him or any of the AMP uh, crowd or the people of Fort Ritchie, Florida, anything.
1: First of all, you're not my brother. Get that straight. So quit calling me brother. New Port Ritchie, the Renegades coming down December 3rd. I'm going to the armpit capital of the world down there in New Puerto and All your fans who who love the Puerto Rican Chihuahua, come on down there and get, he's going to get beaten just like a dog that he deserved.
2: Nice. Nice. Folks. Renegade is really just, he's that kind of guy that is going to get in there and, and people, you know, Port Richie, when he comes in the arena, you know, make sure you stay out of his way. He's not there to sign autographs. He's not there to shake hands. He's not there to take pictures, selfies, and all that crap, okay? You can see JT, man of a few words. He puts it simple. He puts it to the point. There is, you know, and that is one of the things that, you know, ultimately I do like about him. As you know, I'm a very straightforward, straight-to-the-point kind of guy, And that is probably one of the only good qualities that he has. Um, But, well, I mean, you listen to this guy, though. Listen to what he's got to say. He's all about business,
0: not about playing games. He's not about this or that. He's going to go out there to kick someone's ass and be done with it. So, hey, I'm FXE guy, so I'm glad he's on our side, whether he likes us or not.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I really don't care. Uh, Again, uh, as I said, I really don't care if he likes me. I just want him to win and make us look good. As long as he wins and makes us look good, I really don't care. Folks, if you can come in here and win and make us look good, okay, you can get the same kind of payday. If you're a wrestler and, and you're any good at your craft, listen, right now we're going over there, folks, okay, December 3rd, we're going to do this invasion. We're going to go over there. We we like this whole, you know, Christmas bash and coming over there to see what these guys got. And, and, and my guess is also, you know, I, I'm sure that there's going to be people that are going to want a rematch. Obviously doesn't matter who, whether it's, uh, you know, our guys, his guys, or his guys in his own matches there that he's got going on. You know, people are going to want the whole rematch to that. So, It'll be interesting what happens. I have a feeling come January there there might be a rematch in the works, and that'll be interesting (laughs) to see. You know, we take it from there. But remember one thing, folks, and this is for those of you new to the FXE and, and everything that's going on we are not just going to go play little places and do indie stuff and all that. Okay. This is just practice and getting guys together and checking out some more talent. But JT, we have bigger aspirations. We're headed to television, brother. Right. And I'm sure I can call you brother and not have any problems. Unlike the renegade, but yeah, none whatsoever. Here's the thing. We are headed to television, folks. This is not a joke. This is not a game. This is not just JTI, Renegade, and the boys, Joey Cage, American Militia, and everybody here at FXE and FantasyJusticeSports.com who brings you all this. Let me tell you something this isn't just about December 3rd. December 3rd is a building block. December 3rd is the first step towards television, towards being ahead of TNA. And if we're not ahead of TNA by summer, summer, I give it just several months because remember, and for those of you who missed it, Because there are people, believe it or not, JT, there are people who didn't listen to the FXE live show the other night. Believe it or not. Wow. It's hard to
0: fathom that, but okay.
2: Well, and you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, It wasn't too many people, not by the numbers. (laughs) The uh, numbers looked real good on this one. Uh, And let me tell you something, FXE gets its fair share of listeners, but... You know, it's the whole uh, the whole thing is this, folks. We're headed to television, but we're also headed to our extreme pay-per-view events. Our televised programs are going to be at what's going to be called our home arena. And then every once in a while, we're going to travel outside of the home arena. One of those pay-per-views we announced at FXE Live the other night is the pay-per-view event called ring of fire at the ring of fire. One of the matches and the last match of the night where we will instruct everyone with children that they should leave. The match is called up in flames because there is no disqualification. There is a distinct winner and loser To the match. And that loser. Will be set. On fire. Again. December 3rd folks. Starts all of this. If you're a fan of wrestling. If you've been a fan of wrestling. Or you're a newer fan of wrestling. We have something for you. Because we have. a fine mix. Of old school guys, old school wrestling, and some of the new stuff that the people like the entrances, the makeup, the effects—all of it packaged into one and coming at you at light speed. Because you know what? As far as—and I've looked into it, JT—and I've got—I've got. Trust me, I've got my haters working on checking into it. I'm sure. Um, oh, nobody. You know they are. You know. No wrestler has been set fire after losing. I, I mean, well, that's, pretty you know, much, that's, that's pretty yeah, much that's pretty much where we're going. Says it
0: all. And you know, that, I, I just want you everybody to know. Point. Yeah, but one last point to piggyback on what you're saying. The other thing we're bringing is the suspense, and that's what you're not getting when you watch, unfortunately, a lot of times WWE, TNA, some of these other uh, programs, because. Like you've talked about before, Jester, they basically tell you what's going to happen before the match. And we won't be doing that. So don't forget to keep suspense involved in that.
2: Well, here's the thing is I've had people I've had people asking me, what is extreme? What is extreme? Why are you calling it extreme and all this stuff? And if I'm giving you, okay, here's one for you, folks. Here's a good one for you. If I'm tossing out there just for the sake of you know discussion, give people an idea where we are going with this whole thing and I'm going out there and giving you we're gonna light a wrestler on fire. Can you imagine what I'm not telling you? Good point. <laughs> Folks, F-X-E Florida Extreme Entertainment. Get used to the name. Get used to hearing it. We are everywhere now. We have Fantasy Justice. Yeah. FantasyJesterSports.com with the coverage. We have the other website launching and ready for next Saturday. It will be out on Friday. We'll be announcing it Friday. Then So you got those websites. Plus, we also have places like S.E. Scoops, who we talk to on Twitter and retweet our things. We have PWP Nation. Yeah, PWP Nation on Twitter, who goes ahead and retweets our stuff. Great people over there as well. You know, it's over on Twitter. We've got other people plus ourselves on Twitter. You've got com, one website, plus our other one. That is going to strictly be for F-X-E. Then you've got our podcast here, Fantasy Jester Show. You've got F-X-E Live on Wednesdays. You've got the Everett Lee podcast, who is now going to be covering us. So you got all these media outlets. And JT, we just started, and I'm happy to announce, and we'll leave all the wrestling fans with this one. I'm happy to announce that if you go to YouTube, we have loaded up the first set of videos there. We're going to add a couple more during the week. And then we'll be able to put up the videos from the show. YouTube channel, folks Fantasy Jester FXE. Type that in. Go take a look at our videos. They're on YouTube now Fantasy Jester FXE. Take a look. We've got our promos on there. More and more. That will be our video library, JT. Of all our promos and all our wrestling matches, good times, folks. Good times. I can't wait for this. We
0: need, we need, we need to get this going. I've already subscribed myself, so I'm ready to roll.
2: It is. We have everything, all the bases covered, folks. This is going to be something that, again, you are witnessing the beginnings of something very, very big here. These early supporters that are out there right now, thank you so much because you're the ones putting it in my head just how crazy I can take this. The believers, guys like you, JT, putting in hours for FantasyJusticeSports.com and FXE and all the podcasts. You know... Everybody working hard, folks, to bring you the best wrestling show out there, just like these podcasts. And speaking of which, let's switch gears and show some more muscle like we do, JT. Let's slap it into Wait. third gear and go NBA on everybody. Hmm. NBA. An interesting so- year in the NBA so far. I got I, a just silly question, though. Weren't the Spurs supposed to be finished and Popovich out the door? I, I, that's what I thought was supposed to happen when Duncan left, that the world was supposed to collapse.
0: Yeah, that's what uh, the media would have you believe. Uh, but it's like being a Laker fan, it seems to me like the Spurs are like a bad rash. You just can't get rid of them.
2: Yeah, it is is absolutely ridiculous that all of a sudden, you know, everybody's figuring, nah, this is the year they fall off, and look at who's who's there. Look at who's still got a team that has to be reckoned with. And and I guess a lot of that goes to "Ah, people aren't going to like this when I say this, but, hey, there's a shock people not liking what I say. Wow. Yeah, I think it goes to the – Uh, coaching or the lack of coaching in the NBA. I think literally that they're, yeah, I think that it really shows off just how good Popovich is to be able to take a team. Now he's losing stars. Now big stars, stars that he said, when Duncan leaves, I'm going to leave. Well, Duncan left and he stayed and he's doing one hell of a job coaching these, these guys here. And I think really it is it is more prevalent now than ever. Just how bad some of the coaching is in the NBA. Well,
0: it, it, it's not just the coaching; it's the fundamentals of the game. You know, when I look at the when I look at this first team, there's two things that come to mind: a) they get to the line a ton,
2: yeah. and b)
0: you've got. Three guys shooting over 90% from the stripe. Uh, Danny Green just under at 88%. And Parker's having an off year, and he's at 84%. But you look at Patty Mills, 96% from the line. Kawhi Leonard, 94% from the line. Ginobili, 91%. These are free points. And if they just keep pounding the ball inside, drawing fouls, keep hitting their free throws, they're going to be a hard team to beat because they practice and play the fundamentals under Greg Popovich, that's why they dominate every year. It's all about the fundamentals. And what was Tim Duncan's nickname? The Big Fundamental.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. And that's, what I, that's exactly what I'm talking about is I would like to see <laughs> – I'm going to get trouble in my own backyard. I'd like oh, to no. see the, <laughs> I'd like to see what the Orlando Magic team would look like with a real coach.
0: Um, remember that that Pass that, that you got uh, I wouldn't be expecting a second One if you
2: keep talking like that Listen do you want me to sugar cut? Hey listen if they don't want Honest reporting that's fine That'll be up to them <laughs> That'll be hey listen that's completely Up to them okay listen Do you want uh, do you want the trained Monkey that goes oh you guys are great And I absolutely love the coaching And, and I don't find anything wrong With the squad meanwhile they suck Okay, and I can't do that. You know I can't do that. You know no, that you just can't. goes against. I I just I would rather die, literally die first, than have to be phony about one damn word that comes out of my mouth. And, and it's real simple. I'd like to see Popovich with this Magic team because I personally, you know, I, I have had the opportunity to see this Magic team firsthand a couple of times now, and not just through the press pass. I, there's no reason they're this bad.
3: <laughs> there's no
2: reason. And it's got to be the coaching. And it is. And some of it is really the fundamentals. But I can tell you, you know, here is my first signal. I was at the preseason game. And here is my first signal, okay, that Vogel was a moron. And I'm sorry. I, I Listen, again, if I am uh, not winning over fans, I really don't care. I'm going to tell you straight. Again, I have to have some sort of credibility, and I owe that to my fans to tell them straight how I feel. Otherwise, I'm doing it a d- disservice here. And I'm just talking for the sake of blabbing, and I'm not a blabber either. So, you know, Bogle, uh, I saw this the last preseason game. They had the opportunity. The team was getting trounced that last preseason game. And they, you know, fought their way back, fought their way back And its fourth quarter. And you have a chance to win the game because you have last possession. With the offensive talent that you have on that team, you draw up a play. For your worst shooter in Peyton Alfred Peyton to mm-hmm. take the shot from deep.
0: Oh, that that's easy. He was trying to catch the other team by surprise, and no way Peyton's going
2: to shoot the ball. He caught the whole arena <laughs> by surprise that you would hand the ball to your worst. Let me repeat that worst. Shooter with the game on the line. Oh, great. We have one of those. The man who will outthink himself. Wonderful. You know, Stick I, with the basics, your, moron. Oh, my yeah, Lord. Check your,
0: check your switchboard there. I, I believe the Peyton family is calling to uninvite you to Christmas dinner uh, this year. But, no, you're talking about – we talk about fundamentals. We talk about one last thought on this first. You got a guy like Kawhi Leonard. Drafted Mm -hmm. 15th overall in 2011 by the Indiana Pacers, a guy that San Antonio scouted. They liked. They made a draft day deal to get this guy. Obviously, 14 teams passed on this guy, and what you're looking at is the guy that scores the ball, shoots free throws, rebounds, passes, and is a first-team all-NBA defensive player. 6'7", 230, great size. These are the kind of guys that they routinely go out and draft, and I think that's where the magic are missing. They're not drafting these kind of guys. The Spurs draft well, they don't overspend in free agency, and they win. Does it remind you of another team maybe in the NFL in the Northeast somewhere?
2: You know, before before we go on, I, I have to say something about Mr. Payton, because you, you made it sound like, uh, I don't like that young man. I actually <laughs> do. No, no, no. Listen, he play. happens to be—he's not a shooter, but he can be if he had the proper coaching. Now I've seen this kid play. I've seen him play enough. I actually do like Alfred Payton. And, and, and let me tell you something about him: hard worker. Okay, really good. I like him on the defensive. Here's the thing: he is capable of nights like the other night. The Magic won against the Thunder, okay? He had 23 points, nine assists, seven rebounds, two steals, and a block in 37 minutes. It's a great game. Now, if he was, yeah, now if he was coached properly, he would be able to find that consistency. Because that kid has been doing that. This isn't the first year he can, he, he's had games where he puts up numbers like that. The problem is is that he's not consistent. A great coach would help somebody with the ability to pull games like that because he does. He pulls games like that, and then in the, in the next game, he'll get six points. Well, well,
0: here's the problem with that. You talking about Alfred Payton. One of the quickest first steps in the NBA, the guy has great handles, Speed, drive the ball, draw the foul, go for shots around the hoop. I think he settles for that jumper a little too much. Even that mid-range shot of his, drive the ball, get to the hoop. And this kid could be an all-star down the road, I agree, with proper coaching. And I think that's where the coaching lacks. Don't don't let him settle for that outside shot. Push the ball inside.
2: One of the best coaches. Go ahead.
0: Also, so you got two monsters in uh, Fooch and a few other guys, uh, Aaron Gordon, a few other guys Mm -hmm. that can really finish above the rim, too, draw the defense, pass the ball. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see the Magic just, oof. I think that's where Peyton's game needs to be.
2: Can I tell you something? And Magic fans, uh, I'm sure, will agree with me on this, if they're honest with themselves. I would like probably the best coach that Orlando Magic had back coaching this team now that Dwight Howard can't force him out of the position. I would like Van uh, Gundy back.
0: Ron Jeremy back with the Magic.
2: I would like I would like Van Gundy back. I would like any Van Gundy back. Yeah, but no, I would no, like Van right. Gundy back.
0: I did think you were gonna pull Matty Gukas on me there for a minute, but
2: No, I want Van Gundy back. He knows the organization. He liked it here, okay? He doesn't have a spoiled brat and Howard to deal with. Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, I guess that's another Christmas card list I'm off.
0: And you're right. He's been a good coach wherever he's gone, so
2: definitely would be an improvement for that team. So, um, switching up, let's go to NHL. I wanted to ask you something. Now, you know, what is – I know me personally, I look at the NHL, I look at how certain teams have no goaltending and and certain teams have, like the LA Kings, when Quick comes back, they really could have a decision if they want to make on their goaltending situation, JT. Now, let me ask you something. As far as Quick is concerned, when he comes back... Mm. I'm I'm looking at the idea that L.A. Has, has a bunch of holes that could be filled when he comes back. That if you trade him, let him play, let him show that he's still quick, he's Jonathan Quick, but he's 30 years old, he's got some marketable value left in him, you could go ahead and really bolster this roster. You're getting great work out of Budai, I, I, How do you feel about this, or do you think I'm just crazy? Well, aside from
0: whether I think you're crazy or not, what you're saying makes sense. True. And the guy's also a heavy cap figure. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, this guy's paid like one of the top goaltenders because Quick is one of the top goaltenders. But you're right. You look at the Kings roster this year, there's no consistent scoring. Uh, their defense shows up on some nights and other nights. It absolutely vanishes. Um, you could probably get yourself a nice score and a top-shelf defenseman for him, not to mention probably a, a minor league goaltender, a prospect that you can groom. I think he would bring that kind of haul in, so I actually agree with you completely on that.
2: Could you imagine, you know, like, well, I, I don't see them trade. well, maybe to Vancouver or Calgary. is going to, Miller's, gonna, Miller's no. not happy there, and Calgary really didn't they thought that they solved it, but apparently they haven't and I don't know. I am trying to think of where he could go because remember one thing too, Tampa's shopping bishop. That's why he's struggling. Right. He's got his he's got his mind on this trade and he can't he can't keep his head straight in net. I hope they make a trade for this kid soon because he, he can't handle it. He can't handle it. No, and the all. kid
0: behind him. The kid behind him is just taking absolute advantage of the situation and showing off.
2: Vasilevsky, yeah. Yes. I I knew you'd leave me the hockey names to deal with. No worries. I got you. (laughs) Well,
0: hey, I figure I'll let you shine, let you you flex that mental muscle a little bit with your linguistic
2: skills. I I don't have a lot of mental muscle. Let's go with the linguistic skills, all right, and see (laughs) as you say it. (laughs) No, what I am going to give you, though, is that. a little bit there. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I really do. Now, one of the guys that I want to give you, and uh, we're talking about being able to say the uh, different names. This guy's from Sweden. I want to give this to you fantasy players out there. Oh, yeah. You know, right now is a time where you can stash some defensive players. A lot of times, people are scrambling because they missed out on the top guys in defense. And it really becomes a a no man's land of who to grab and why should you. And, you know, when going with defense, uh, first off, I always go with two things. You know, I look at how much time on the ice, obviously. Are uh, Are they a power play guy? Are they a penalty killing guy? Are they both? What kind of time on the ice? So my defenseman, I really want my defenseman up there between 23 and 25 minutes a game without a question. It's nice if you get the 20, uh, most guys are in the 20, but if you can find somebody that's 23, 25 minutes a game uh, and likes to shoot, you you got somebody that has the makings. And, And what I believe is I have a good one for people right now. in Oscar Kelfbaum, he is the defenseman, six three two fifteen, 215 for Edmonton. And why I'm saying and giving you this kid right now is he's starting to find his rhythm. He's starting to get it, and he's getting it for a bunch of reasons. And let me go into this for you. He is a former 2011 first-round pick, 19th overall. He's only owned in 17% of the leagues right now, and That's because he started off a little slow, and he's picking it up. But he's got three goals, five assists. He's got eight points. Plus minus is an even zero right now. Power play points are only two. But he's got 56 shots on goal. And his time on ice is right now he's been getting 24, 25 minutes on average a night. He also plays on the first defensive The first defensive pairing, he plays the most time on ice when it's 5-on-5. He's also playing the power play. He's also playing the penalty killing. Why is he starting to find a rhythm? Real simple, folks. He's from Karlstad, Sweden. You know who he plays with? Adam Larson from Skelefta, Sweden. Adam Larson a 2011 first-round pick, just like himself, 2011 first-round pick. This guy came over from the New Jersey Devils. He has solidified their defense. He's given them a little experience. He's given them elite defense. And now they've paired him with fellow countrymen in Kelfbaum, and and, and he's just, he's really, they're both about the similar, they're, they're the same size, they're like, prototype over there okay they're both 6-3 Larson is 205 Kelfbaum is 215 okay and Larson is supposed to be the elite guy but here's one for you folks Carl uh, um, Larson never played on the national team Kelfbaum did one year he, he, he played one year national team and you uh, on that Swedish national team, you've got some dynamite players like Eric Carlson and such that it's tough to crack that lineup and and he did last year so this is a kid to watch keep an eye on him, I know you got room to stash him and I'm willing to bet that for a good portion of you, you have a defensive player that you can really get rid of and this is the kid to pick up he's on a first place team, they're 12-8 and 2 Edmonton Take them, watch them grow right before you. And especially Dynasty League players, grab them, hold on to them forever. You're going to love it. JT, that's hockey. Nice, nice. Yeah. Are you ready to switch gears?
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: You you ready to do this? We're going to slap it into the NFL gear. Uh, That's always a good gear. We got predictions. Yes, we do. That's what I like. You know... What did you think of? Uh, what did you think of the other night? What did you think of football on Thursday?
0: Um, so two really good games and one predictably not so good game to cap off uh, Thanksgiving. Andrew Luck being sidelined in the concussion protocol, I think pretty much most people realized Pittsburgh was going to walk away with that game. Then on top of that, healthy heaping of Le'Veon Bell to dominate that uh, anemic Colts defense. But i tell you what I think is Tony Romo is handling things right, class act, but there's no way Dallas on their first ever 10-game win streak need to look back from Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you look at what this kid's done, he doesn't turn the ball over. I believe he's 18 or 19 touchdowns, only two interceptions. You look at Ezekiel Elliott, who completely changed what he did week two against the Redskins, where he struggled. I think he was trying to justify his draft position. Uh, You look at a guy that catches the ball a lot better than I thought he would. He runs the ball hard. He's deceptively quick, shifty. Uh, Then you look at that Dallas deep. Kirk Cousins had a huge game, but they seem to be able to bow up at just the right points uh, and make stops when they have to. You know, you look next year with a guy like Jalen Smith, you know, coming to that defense, another nice defensive draft, which is what I think you'll see from them. And uh, Dallas looks like the real deal. That's that's what I take away from, from Thanksgiving.
2: You know, I, I'm looking at Dallas, and I, there's one thing. I might tend to disagree with you on where they go next year. I can see them – well, no, you know, they might go defense. It's gonna be interesting because I'd like to see oh not I'd like oof what did I just I know say? what you
0: mean. So let's, All let's right, let's pass rusher, pass rusher and corner. They've got Byron Jones that like, safety they drafted last year looks fantastic. They've got some good young linebackers, they need a pass rusher and another defensive back. All
2: right. Yeah, because here's my thing, okay? I really want to see if I'm a Dallas fan. I would want to see them get a their own Sterling Shepard, their compliment to their Odell Beckham. Who who I want their bookend. If I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, I want the bookend to Des Bryant. So do I go free agent and maybe bring in an Alshon Jeffrey and put cool. him across from Yeah, well he'll Sorry, be available. I'm
0: not a fan of that he will he'll yeah, be available, all right as will half the rest of that team. But um, I agree with what you're saying. I'm still a guy that believes Terrence Williams can play a bigger role than he is at this point. I mean, you see that toe-tap catch he made for the touchdown in the corner, front corner of that end zone showed what kind of talent that kid has. Um, I'd like to see him kick into the slot. And I think free agency, there's a lot of good receivers out there this year in free agency, I think you go pick up one of those, use your draft picks on defense. Strong defensive draft this year, too.
2: Well, and that's what I'm saying is uh, because I, I'd move everybody down a notch, okay, and go get a, a legitimate number two wide receiver. Yeah, and I guess you could go young on defense. Hmm, yeah, I, I'd go have, ahead. That have, that might not be a bad idea. You know, well, it, it hasn't hurt one young on offense. That's for certain. I sat and I watched the game on Thanksgiving and I sat there and I watched. It was like Groundhog's Day, only looking ahead. How many Thanksgivings am I going to watch Dak Prescott and Elliott just own it? Oh, just yeah. own it.
0: And, and you notice how his game is evolving each week, whereas earlier in the season, he seemed hesitant to tuck the ball and run, whereas now – He doesn't seem to have that run, pick up first down, get out of bounds. Kind of like Russell Wilson. I'm not going to take that big hit. I'm going to get the yardage I need, get out of
2: bounds. You know, one of the things, uh, that's one of the things I don't like is that he, I saw him, he gave up at least five yards just to run out of bounds the other day. Uh, And that's one of the things that I don't like. I don't like that. And I don't like the half cut off shirt. Okay, listen, girlfriend, I don't want to, you know, I, <laughs> I just on, don't man. like I don't like
0: proud of his navel. Um, but I want to I disagree with you on the running thing. I think you ask any NFL coach, they'd prefer their star quarterback to not take a shot, get down. I mean, he's getting the first down 90% of the time when he takes off anyway. And when you have a guy like Ezekiel Elliott who you can hand it to if it's short yardage after he gets down, so be it, but I don't I don't think they want to see their quarterback getting lit up right now.
2: No, but like I said, you know, when Ezekiel Elliott's running the ball and he can gain at least five more yards if he even tried to get physical with somebody, it is just, I guess this is where I'm the dinosaur, you know? You have the, the, the way of the world now is, yeah, I, I won't get hurt and I'll run out of bounds and I live to fight another day as opposed to I'm just going to fight right now because I'm here right now. Uh, And I I, I just miss that old kind of, you know, give me that old running back that will just run people over and isn't trying to avoid contact, but trying to – that's the best way to describe it. You know, run like you're trying to deliver the impact, not be the receiver of the blow. Run like you mean it. And I don't know. I guess, I, again, I'm a dinosaur in it. Let's get to the picks, JT. Let's go ahead. We've got some good games. We've got some air games that seem to be easy. Let, let, let's take a look at some of these games, starting with the L.A. Rams versus New Orleans Saints. I'll let you start that beauty off.
0: <laughs> well, let's, let's be honest. I don't think Goff did anything in his uh, inaugural game last week to lose that. Uh, You know, he threw the football pretty well, handled the blitz pretty well. Um, The Rams' defense is what cost him that game uh, against Miami. So, you know, another game forward. Kenny Britt, definitely, as you mentioned a couple weeks ago, if you're going to own a receiver on that team, is the guy to own. He seems to really like him. And I did like how they sprinkled Farrow Cooper in, finally, to see this kid out on the field a little bit. But uh, we looked the other side of the ball, New Orleans, just that offense, just Drew Brees is so hard to pick against, especially with a team on the other side of the ball. That's having trouble moving the football. So I pick offense over defense in this game and I go New Orleans.
2: Yeah. Uh, I've got new Orleans, new Orleans at home, Drew Brees at home. Uh, I just don't think that Goff would be able to keep up with that. And, uh, Here's my thing. And here's one of the guys. And I want to ask you about this kid in particular. I guess maybe I'm a little por- a little partial to him. He's a Jersey kid, but he's going to be a free agent this year. And I'd like to see him with a real quarterback. Kenny Britt. Mm-hmm. He's grown up. He's matured. He had, he had maturity issues. Okay. Which I kind of had an idea. I already knew that. Like I said, I know a little bit more about this kid, than the average person, just simply because uh, my son is uh, hung out with him on a couple of occasions. So I, I know a little bit about the young man and nice kid, really good kid. And now has turned into a fine young man and a hard worker. And because of it, he is really starting to show that he could be a top guy. Now he's going to be a free agent. Imagine if he ended up with the aforementioned. Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look at Kenny Britt too. I think you go with a guy that has a you know a team that has a great quarterback or a great running game uh, because he seems to do a lot of his damage off of play action. He just seems to have a knack for finding a, a nice soft spot on the play action pass. Um, I also say look at a team that can utilize his strengths. He's not a guy you throw the ball to underneath and let him get the yak yards. He's a guy that goes downfield goes up and gets the ball. So somebody like Dallas, you said, Pittsburgh, somebody like that, I'm just saying examples that like the vertical passing game, not so much like a Kansas City where they like to throw underneath and let their their receivers make the yards. So he's gonna be a valuable catch for somebody.
2: He might he might, you know, understanding that the he, he can't go completely home. But, you know, it does leave the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that is hurting at wide receiver. Uh, as, uh, as a team that could be in play for his services. And, and that ends up that, you know, he'll be, still be playing. He won't be for the, playing for the Giants or the Jets, you know, right in his home state. But you can't get much better than that, playing for the Eagles right down the turnpike. So it'll be interesting right. to see what happens with Kenny Britt. No, I got New Orleans all the way. That's why I talked about Britt, because there was nothing in this game that really, got to be honest with you, interests me. I don't even see it as a close one tennessee chicago tennessee goes to chicago and this week folks you know it's uh the quarterback of the week for chicago and it seems like they've been rotating players at all the key positions that and that's never good you know uh, we've had quarterback now we've got tight ends missing uh, alshon jeffrey's gone and uh we've changed running backs and There's just no continuity there, and I I see a team in Tennessee that really is is coming on. They are a running powerhouse. They've got a young and growing quarterback. They've got a defense that is suspect. They can play good defense at times, and other times they disappear. But when you're playing against a Chicago team that's that banged up, it's not even going to matter that they're home. So I'm going Tennessee.
0: No, I look at, uh, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I still think addition by subtraction. I think Barkley, if, even at this point, is a better option than uh, Jay Cutler. And I know some Bears fans uh, that agree with me that are lifelong Bears fans. But I'm, I want to go flip side and go talk Tennessee as well. I'm looking at a quarterback in Marcus Mariota that now in standard scoring has hit at least 20 fantasy points, which is big, in seven straight games. The yeah. guy's on fire. He found Delaney Walker. Walker's definitely hit his groove. A running game is just unbelievable, and now you're getting contributions. You know, a guy you called out four or five weeks ago, we're starting to see the Tajay Sharp that we saw in the preseason. It seems like he's uh definitely ascending, uh, and a guy that you fantasy people want may, may want to take a look at if he's available, which he may be. Um this, this is a nice recipe they have on offense. Their defense gets a little better each week and I don't see any reason why he doesn't continue Mariota that is that 20-point streak this week and a
2: beat down of the Bears. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And and well said about Sharp too. I think uh the kid, you know, he did well during the uh preseason. It got to uh, the real season and game speed increased a little bit he got a little nervous and has settled in and you know it's got to be tough to feel like you belong out there and uh, I, I think he was one of those players that you know struggled with that that he actually belonged out there and now he's starting to seem like he's finding his confidence so yeah if he's on your waiver wire that's a that's a good call on that one JT one of the games the next game here It was one of, if not the hardest game for me to pick, folks, because both teams have shown me good and bad, and to the point of being unpredictable, and I don't know if JT's going to agree with me on this, but to me, the hardest game this week to pick is the Arizona at Atlanta game. JT, what are you seeing for this game? And how do, was it as difficult for you to pick this game as it is for me?
0: Yes, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm sitting there listening to you and your buildup, and I'm thinking he's got to be talking about Arizona-Atlanta because this game was not easy when you look at everything. The one thing that tips the scales to Atlanta for me is the return of Kevin Coleman to the lineup when him and Freeman were running as a tandem. Falcons were extremely difficult to handle on offense. Um, You throw in Julio Jones. Uh, Another week for Hooper, who I really like at tight end, a guy that Matt Ryan's mentioned each of the last couple weeks is somebody that he enjoys uh, working with and somebody he's getting comfortable with. And Arizona, you know, I I hate to bring this into football, but when your head coach is having chest pains, your mind has to be somewhere else during the game, Uh, you know, or wondering how this guy is. This team is struggling on the defensive side of the ball. Their offense, some weeks it's good, some weeks it's bad, and then you throw the coaching situation in. So I think Atlanta is the team to pick this week.
2: Yeah. Apparently, I went opposite you. No, okay, I thought through. you. No, I I I went Atlanta too, and. Uh, my thing is this, is that I really think that Atlanta offensively is the more balanced team. Arizona has struggled to find its passing game. And to me, I don't know. Maybe Carson Palmer stuck around one year too many. Just saying, folks. He's got some talented talented receivers and, and when Nelson and Brown are coming back with next to nothing or nothing all game long I could get the ball to these guys there's something seriously wrong and I don't I I I understand how that's not the talk go ahead what?
0: Well, one thing in Carson's defense, too, if you watch, a, if you watch the, the Cardinals play, he has zero time on pass protection. He can't do like he did last year and hit that five- or seven-step drop, put the back foot in the ground, and then rip it. He's basically getting a three-step drop, and he's got someone hanging on him. So I wonder if it's maybe a combination or, you know, let's just be honest, that offensive line is beat to hell, uh, and that's why you're seeing all these dump-offs to David, you know, David
2: Johnson, uh, Jermaine Gresham, and so on. You have guys like Nelson and you got guys like Brown that I don't care. Hit a one-step slant. (laughs) One-step, bam, get the ball out if you have to. Get the ball in these guys' hands. They are way too fast, way too talented to come away with a whole game where neither one of them do anything. That is just god-awful. You've got, you've got some talent on the outside. And I understand, okay, you've got a beast at running back, and yeah, you want to run him and all that, but when talented players, wide receivers, come up with nothing, zero, that's the quarterback. Because guess what? Not every drop back, is seven-step dro- seven drop-back. Not everyone is a five-step drop-back. I bet you there was a bunch of three-step drop-backs in there and, and nothing happened for it. I'm telling you, Palmer. Palmer's the problem in Arizona. Palmer, okay, Palmer's going to blow this window that they have right now. If they had a different quarterback, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a Super Bowl team and it's not a Super Bowl team because of Carson Palmer. And folks, well, there, there goes... Carson Palmer. Oh, off oh,
0: Christmas on, yeah, you're forgetting the name, too, though. You, come on. The the injury to Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, in the back end, he is basically Earl Thomas for that team. And not having him back there has exposed the back end of that defense as well. So, again, I agree with you on Palmer, but I think there's more to it than just
2: him. Uh, but anyway, like I said, I just because of that, because of their inconsistency in in the passing game and at times the lack of a passing game, you're going to Atlanta, a team that, you know, is going to put points on that board. I'm sorry. I, I just don't see Arizona winning that. And it's Carson Palmer's fault. Anyway, <laughs> here we go. Here's a matchup. The New York Giants versus the Cleveland Cavaliers for all that might as well be <laughs> Cleveland Browns oh,
0: now last week we were we were worried about this being a trap game and now I'm hearing some bravado in there so but I have to say you know the one thing I mentioned to you about your Giants last week the two tight end sets and we'll see if that spurns the running game and wow Jennings had a hell of a running game last
2: week going yeah, and as we get ready I wonder you know if the Giants
0: a, look at that and, and maybe do a little more of it's my point.
2: Well, they they have to do something to get a running game, but you know, one of the things let's let's remind the folks, just in case they missed it at the beginning, JT. I think the Giants will win. I think the Giants will win. I think the Giants will uh, I think they're gonna lose to Washington. The Giants will lose to Minnesota. Unfortunately. Big blue. Not good. They won't rebound this week either against Green Bay. No, this is the week. Uh, I think we go ahead and uh, get things back on track. I can see them beating Baltimore. No, no, early game out in London. I don't think the Rams have the firepower. I'm going Giants. In a close one, I I really see the uh, I I think the Giants are going to win this one against the Eagles. Monday night. Giants. I'm taking the Giants over Cincinnati. I think we got this one. And then we had last week, and I am now 10-0. I don't know which I'm more nervous about. Me being 10-0, and 0, <laughs> trying to make it 11-0? and 0? Or the fact that the Giants are playing the perfect. I mean, it is the perfect recipe for a trap game, folks. The Giants are traveling to Cleveland. Okay, so it's in Cleveland already with a home field thing going. All right. But you say, uh, yeah, but it's Cleveland. They haven't won one yet. Reason number two that scares me, they haven't won one yet. (laughs) No team (laughs) wants to be the team that did not win a game all year. Nobody does. And they are home and they're home against a team that is currently 7 and 3 a team that is 7 and 3 that shouldn't be 7 and 3 and here's why first of all their point differential is just about even there's one point between point .4 and points against okay so that right there spells a 500 team Next up, here's one about the, my beloved Giants for you, big blue fans out there, and big blue haters actually. This one works for both of you. Um, the New Jersey, the New Jersey Giants. Sorry for you folks back home. I had to. I had somebody ask me to do that. Um, <laughs> the New Jersey, yeah, the New Jersey. I, I, one of the former police officers up there, but anyway, yeah, we got into a big discussion because he had heard the podcast where I talked about it. Um, Of their seven victories, of the Giants' seven victories this year, it is by a total of 27 points, the lowest margin in the league. You don't have a juggernaut here in the Giants, folks. You have a team that's still struggling to find a running game. You have a team that really is not looking all 100% 100% firing on cylinders on the offensive end of the ball. Defense, conversely, has started coming around. Defense is starting to play like that team that everybody was making fun of. Look at they spent all that money. Look it, not a, not a sack, not a nothing. No, no, they got 14 sacks in the last four games. So, you know, I guess that started coming together, folks. Not to mention the turnovers, not to mention how Collins is going. So, in the perfect trap game, where, you know, next week the Giants will be playing Pittsburgh. So, you know they're going to be looking ahead to that game. In the perfect trap game, it kills me to say this. I'm taking the Giants anyway. (laughs) There's no way in hell this sad-sack-shit team of Cleveland wins. I will die laughing if they do. I'm going to 11-0 the Giants are going 8-3, and three, folks. I'm taking the Giants.
0: <laughs> taking the Giants. You, you know, you th- you thought you were going to sell us
2: on that, didn't you? I did everything I could, and I, I think maybe I, I went a little overboard, and that might have given it right. away. Yeah, you oversold.
0: Yeah, you oversold on that one a little bit. Um, yeah, I look at this game. I think Cleveland's been in a lot of games. The Giants are one of those teams that bad Eli can show up at any time. And trust me, when bad Eli is bad. You know this being a Giants fan. It can be ugly. See why? Haven't seen that. from yeah, yeah, exactly, as you called him many times. Haven't seen that from him really this year. Uh, I believe Cruz is still out, at least last time I heard he was, which to me says they're going to run the same system they ran last week with Shepard, Beckham on the outside, dual tight ends with that extra tackle, and one tight end on the inside, run the football. Uh, Eli's hit for 21 fantasy points in standard leagues three weeks in a row. I don't see any reason why that should change. And the wind is not predicted to be a factor like it was against Roethlisberger when they played uh, Cleveland a couple weeks ago. So I think we look at a giant victory here uh, comfortably, 10-13 points.
2: A giant victory by the Giants. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I really, I love my guys. I think we will do it this week, and uh, I have interesting thought on the Pittsburgh matchup, so tune in next week to that one. Matter of fact, speaking of tune in, in next night, week, On Friday night,
3: special time.
2: Friday night. Thank you, JT. Awesome. Friday night, special time, special day, all that stuff. 8 o'clock to 10 friday the fantasy justice show it will not be next saturday next saturday i will be in port richie florida at the new lakes regency park civic center in port richie florida when FXE invades in on the amp christmas bash i'm bringing american militia seven foot three to port richie I'm bringing the American militia to Port Richie, and JT. After Friday's talk, Joey Cage will be going with me
3: to wait, Port Richie.
2: <laughs> the face who came back to the place.
0: Oh, the face that returned to the place. Okay, okay, good, good. So uh, this, I yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see the see the clips on this stuff. So I like, I said, I've already subscribed to the YouTube channel and
2: uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this. This should be fun. Before we get back to the football picks. uh, Yeah. Hey, JT, by the way, Joey cage this Wednesday night, FXE live. He'll be calling in.
0: Okay. That's an improvement. Okay, good, good. I'm looking forward to talking to him. It's been a while. We got to get some, uh, get some update on, on what's going on with this guy.
2: Yeah. So it'll be interesting folks. Fans of uh, FXE, fans of Joey Cage, been wondering where he is. This Wednesday night, he will be calling in. We have this straight from him. I met with him. I met with him uh, yesterday, and it went well. So uh, we'll see what we, where we go from here. Getting back to football, let's. Uh, we've got 20 minutes left. Let's get rambling, JT. San Diego-Houston. I've got Houston, and I don't know why, because this game is... uh, Of the three... I had four games total that were a little bit difficult. I've got Houston, and I'm taking Houston simply in this one because they're the home team. When I look at these two teams, I see identical, identical teams, uh, and the idea that you don't know what you're going to get week to week. And so... With that, because they're both unpredictable, I'll go with the team who happens to be really good at home in Houston in this uh, against a on-the-road who doesn't do well on the road, San Diego. Hmm.
0: Okay. You know, when I look at these two teams, I say San Diego's run defense is pretty slow. Um, You know, definitely one of the better half of the NFL in the, against the run and I then say, okay, if they shut Lamar Miller down or at least hold him in check, can Brock Osweiler beat him? No, no, he can't. If Melvin Gordon gets held in check, can Phillip Rivers beat Houston? Yes. Yes, he can. And I think the X factor in this game, as much as it curdles my blood and soul to say it, former Ohio State Buckeye Joey Bosa has been pretty disruptive um, mm. on that pass rush. And the weak tackle play that you've seen from Houston this year, I think is going to factor into this. I think you're mm-hmm. going to see a strip sack at more, or at minimum. So uh, I got San Diego in this game.
2: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Boy, every running back in the league should meet with Adrian Peterson during the off season. Yeah,
0: they should. Yes, they should.
2: Maybe, uh, maybe AP has a uh, job in coaching afterwards.
0: No, well, maybe I think so. I mean, be interesting. Strength and conditioning at worst.
2: (laughs) Yeah, at worst. Jackson, (laughs) no, listen. He won't be running the. uh, Don't. Don't uh, do it. uh, He won't be running the Minnesota Vikings daycare center for the employees.
0: Oh, you know, you really need to show more respect for one of the best switch
2: hitters of all time. Oh wow! Thank you. All right, now I don't feel so bad. All right, now I can move on happily to Buffalo versus Jacksonville. Traveling to Buffalo on this one, folks. Let's switch gears to uh, Jacksonville versus Buffalo.
0: Oh, you're—that's Mrs. Jester's team, I believe. Mr. Jester should lead this
2: off. Oh jeez. Yeah, and that's why. Listen, folks, I'm going to make this one quick. Okay. Jacksonville really doesn't care about Gus Bradley or his damn job, okay? And Jacksonville stays a mess against Buffalo team that is a little underrated, to, in my opinion. I'm taking Buffalo. Okay, you-
0: so I need to put that up on Facebook, you know, and make sure I uh, tag Mrs. Jester. that Mr. Oh, Jester, taking
2: I Buffalo. I knew you would.
0: So I'm learning you- how to tag on there now. See, look out. Uh, but anyway, I look at this and say it's always a red flag when an organization comes out voluntarily and says we still believe that Blake Bortles can be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, that's like the old vote of confidence for the head coach. Teams mm-hmm. disarray, the offense is in trouble, the defense is in trouble. Buffalo has those games where LeSean McCoy McCoy's hurt. Who cares? Somebody else comes in and seems to do just as well, or at least close to it. Sammy Watkins has been activated for this game, and I believe that will be the deciding factor as Buffalo beats the hapless Jaguars this Sunday.
2: I have news for uh, Mr. Bortles. Now, uh, he has shown where he has abilities, and then you have this year. Now, Mr. Bortles, uh, if I may, sir, make a suggestion. You better find those talents soon because you, you understand this and how the NFL works, okay? Let me explain something to you. Maybe you don't understand this, okay? If the coach that brought you in there gets fired, right? there's a right. great chance that the coach coming in if he doesn't like what he sees, we'll be bringing in his quarterback. Just a hit there,
0: guy. You know, and if I can borrow a line from one of my favorite movie uh, characters, Frank Drebin, Blake, this could be your last chance, and I don't mean one of those Steve Howe last chances.
2: Yeah. Not one of these Steve Howell last chances. You, you better do something with the rest of this season because you know what? You're auditioning for the next coach. Just remember that. Or the next team. Yeah, or the next team. Exactly. Cincinnati, Baltimore. JT, go ahead.
0: Uh, To me, this one's easy. AJ Green, out. Giovanni Bernard, done for the year. The Bengals just haven't looked like the breakout team of 2016, a Super Bowl possibility that somebody led us to believe. Um, it's just not looking that way for the Bungles. The injuries are piling up. I just don't see any way they win this game. Baltimore's defense is getting healthy. Their offense, Dixon, I think you're going to see more touches for Dixon this week. If he's available in fantasy, go get this kid. He's starting to show what they believe he had when they drafted him, and I think Baltimore actually wins this easily
2: in the divisional matchup. I see Baltimore as a team that's going to continue getting stronger as the season goes on, goes on, goes on, goes on, keep getting better, keep getting a little bit more healthy, keep getting things going, a little bit more work with uh, Perriman and and all this, get Flacco, get used to all the offensive pieces now, uh, uh, you know, get Dixon in there, get him used to things. Uh, Again, I see a team that just is going to continue to get better as you've mentioned, Cincinnati seems like a team that is clearly going to be on the decline thanks to injuries. I, too, am going Baltimore. San Francisco yes, at my yes, – yeah real yeah, quick, yeah.
0: before we leave that, one of our uh, colleagues, Busy Jay, thinks
2: that Marvin Lewis deserves yet
0: another season at the helm. What do you think on that? Because I clearly think it's time for him to go.
2: I Here's what I don't understand is how he was there this year. Thank you. I I just, I I just, uh, I I know busy Jay likes him and I did too. I really did. I really believed in him, but there's some guys that really are just better coordinators. And and that might be the case with him. Period. Nothing wrong. I like him. I think he's a good guy and everything. I just don't think that. He, he has gotten everything out of, uh, out of uh, Cincinnati that he could have. Now, have there been changes? Yeah, there's been a lot of changes. I, I, I don't see a lot of continuity. I, I, why do you keep changing offensive coordinators? And I don't understand that. And expect to win. You know, so there's some things that I understand. You, you lose wide receivers. Well, why did you do that? There goes continuity again. You know, so it, it, there are extenuating circumstances I can make. You know, here's the thing about him. I can make the argument for and against, honestly. I really could. San Francisco, and we really don't have time. We're up against them. we got 11 minutes and a bunch of games left. Uh, San Francisco, Miami, this is your neck of the woods. This is your team, Miami. Do they keep rolling, or do they fall into the trap?
0: Well, you know, five in a row. And, again, like I said last week, there is no trap game for Miami because I think we need to treat every game as a must-win situation. Uh, offense showed up just in time last week to get the win. Uh, proved we can win when Ajayi doesn't have a big day. Uh, Defense looks strong. You know, Kaepernick, the enigma, you know, let me talk about Freeman and let me go support Fidel Castro. Uh, He's going to hear all kinds of crap uh, in Miami for that. I don't
2: think the 49ers Mm -hmm.
0: even show up for this game. I think Miami has their first big margin
2: of victory of the season. You know, it is going to be an interesting uh, round of applause that that man will be receiving because, first of all, uh, Miami fans are already not happy with his kneeling. And in a city where it is has a rather large Cuban population... Just a little Yeah, yeah that might not be good. Here's the thing. I say Miami wins, and here, I think Miami wins not by a lot. And here's why. I, I I think those offensive line injuries are going to come into play. You're not going to see Jai have that big game this week. And I could see them struggling. I could see them winning, but I could see them struggling in a close one against San Fran. Seattle, Tampa Bay. I have absolutely no reason to say anything but Seattle. Sorry, guys. Love you, Tampa. You've got way too many problems on defense to handle that Seattle offense, and Russell Wilson in particular.
0: Yeah. Four words. Thomas Rawls is back, Mm -hmm. and that's the catalyst. That was a catalyst for Seattle last year. It's a catalyst for Seattle this year. Russell's healthy. Graham's healthy. Baldwin's healthy.
2: Seattle. New England Jets. Here's a good well, one. If,
0: you're one of those, if you're one of those people who believe Tom Brady is questionable to play, this may be a tough game to pick. I'm not one of those people that believe that Tom Brady's questionable to play in this game. Uh, no Gronk, who cares? Martellus Bennett can step right in and fill the role for him. They did start to find Malcolm Mitchell last week, uh, a guy that we talked about several weeks ago. Should be on your radar in fantasy, starting to look like somebody Brady likes. Uh, I think New England wins this big
2: uh, I've got New England, and I still say stay away from anybody that isn't named Brady or Gronkowski because there is no rhyme or reason to who D- uh, Daniels and Belichick go to on offense from week to week other than if Gronk was playing or Brady. If those two names are in the lineup, you take them. Everybody else, with Gronk out, you go Bennett, though. Uh, yeah, with Gronk out, you go Bennett, but again you know he, here's the thing it could be Dion Lewis's turn this week it could, it be, could be it could be Greg Blount's turn this week it could you know, now let's let's see oh wait aren't we due for an Edelman week i hope not aren't we due for an Edelman week this is the perfect matchup against the a, against the jet secondary I can see Edelman having a big week this week, folks. Um, and, I, and I'm just going to go with New England. So Edelman's my, my guy on that. Daily Fantasy people. Go ahead. Take him. Um, Carolina-Oakland. Carolina-Oakland. Here's a matchup hmm. that at first probably sounded better at the beginning of the season than it does now. Me personally. I'm just I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, in the interest of time, I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to go Oakland and ask JT who he has and why. Um,
0: no Luke Kuechly in the middle of that defense. To me, changes things drastically. I think Carr, Cooper, and that running game for Oakland will be too much for Carolina.
2: Got injuries on Carolina, both sides of the ball, and it's not, not something that you want. Facing a team that is really... Getting, uh, they're getting stronger as the yeah, season is going hot. on. Getting stronger. I just don't understand. And yeah, you can't go in there, and you certainly can't go out, uh, go against them with your leader on defense missing. So, I've got Oakland. You got Oakland. We're moving along. Kansas City, Denver. In Denver. Uh, JT, I'm gonna let you go first. Yeah, that's that's a tough matchup.
0: This was another game that gave me some issues, but uh, I know we're we're against it on time. I look at it and say, I think Kansas City's short passing game plays right into the hands of aggressive corners like Tlaib and Chris Harris, um, and I think Denver's got enough on offense to get through this game, so I think Denver wins.
2: Uh, Tlaib is now on Twitter, by the way. He said he wouldn't. That now he is. That's a scary thought. Yeah, because he's a he's an unfiltered kind of guy. Yeah, he's a you know, type
0: first, think later kind of guy.
2: I had I had a problem with this game. This was the this was number two on my list of four of toughest games. Uh, the toughest game again was the Arizona Atlanta game. This was number two on that list. I had KC written down. And I changed it and went with Denver just simply because they're home. And, and my problem was this. Peters, I mean, uh, um, the corner is back this week. Quick, his name. Quick, we're running out of uh,
0: time. Kaleeb, Kaleeb's back.
2: No, 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 for, uh, for, for Marcus Kansas City. Pete. Marcus Peters. Thank you. I couldn't think of his damn first name. Marcus Peters is, uh, is back this week, so that's going to help that KC defense. I just, I'm sorry, I, I'm still going to go Denver, but I, I'm nervous about it. I think it's going to be a real tight one. Folks, last up, Monday night, we have a matchup. Green Bay Packers versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Monday night football JT, I'm going to let you go first because I actually have a player profile I want to go over with everybody if we have enough time. So I'm going to let you go first. Um, Short and sweet,
0: you look at Green Bay's defense over the last four games, it's given up almost 1,300 yards passing and 11 touchdowns. I wrote them off a few weeks ago. The team is in disarray. Um, Philadelphia just seems like one of those teams like Baltimore
2: that's going to get better each week. So I think Philadelphia wins this game. I have a uh, Philadelphia as well. And I have Philadelphia finding somebody, you know, they tried to get treggs involved. Uh, and the problem with Philadelphia right now is they're having, it's no secret, large problems getting a, a wide receiver that they can depend on folks. And for you fantasy people out there, if you're in dynasty leagues that I'm not in, he's available. He's available everywhere. Uh-huh, right. uh, But if you're in my league, uh, he's not available. And there's a reason why Paul Turner just activated from the practice squad is not available in my leagues. Let me just give you a quick one. We've got just a couple of minutes, and I'm going to tell you why. Go grab him. Go stash him in your keeper league right now. All right. He's undrafted. 5'10". In the preseason, he had you know he had this twenty-three yard acrobatic catch, okay? And it made people think of Odell and Jarvis Landry. It was a gorgeous one-handed catch. You know, here's the one thing.
1: He used to play with them.
2: See, once upon a time, Paul Turner was a quarterback and a defensive back from West Monroe High School. He was a three-star recruit, and Les Miles wanted him. At LSU and he wanted him at LSU to play wide receiver and this was at the same time Odell and Jarvis Landry now he's behind those two and he wanted to stay there because he could compete with those two he wasn't looking to transfer to get out of there because he was buried behind them he did end up transferring He transferred from Louisiana Tech, and you got to excuse this guy. He's not flamboyant. You know, when he did that 23-yard catch during the preseason, a preseason that JT, there was one guy who led every wide receiver in the preseason in catches, total number of catches. It was Paul Turner. There was a guy who led all wide receivers in yards, 165 Paul Turner preseason now this is a guy he did leave LSU he went to Louisiana Tech but here's why he went he's the kind of guy he went to go be closer to his family to help out with his grandma the parents are busy people dad's a police captain mom's an accountant he had to tend to grandma so he went to Louisiana Tech where he was second only to the guy who had been there for a little bit, Reuben Randall, former NFL player. Here's how he rates up, and here's the difference if you go to LSU or if you go to Louisiana Tech. Here's his measurables against Odell Beckham. His hand's an eighth of an inch smaller. His 40 time, Odell's best time, 4.43. His time, 4.48. Okay? He benched, 18 reps, Odell, 7 reps. Vertical leap, Odell, 38.5. Paul Turner, 39 flat. Broad jump, Odell, 10 feet, 2 inches. Paul Turner, 10 feet, 10 inches. He can out jump, Odell. He can run with Odell. He has the same size hands as Odell, all because he didn't get the flash, Doesn't mean he doesn't have the tools. Now, given the opportunity, what will Paul Turner do? I am the fantasy jester. That's our nugget for today. Free cheeseburger for listening. Go to the drive-thru, come back around, tell me you didn't get a cheeseburger.